Hello and welcome to The Motivation Mindset. I'm Risa Williams, and today we have a special segment of the show called The Daily Tune-Up with Stevon Lewis as a guest host. But before we get started today, I wanted to invite everyone listening out there to join me for my first ever Time Management Masterclass. It's happening on May 20th. And it's all about the tools we've discussed on the show, as well as tools from my book, The Ultimate Time Management Toolkit. You'll learn quick and easy ways to avoid procrastination and start feeling motivated to move forward with your goals. So please visit RisaWilliams.com and sign up soon because spaces are limited and filling up fast. Joining me today on this special segment of The Daily Tune-Up is Stevon Lewis, who is a book author of The Acknowledgement Journal and a podcast host, as well as a licensed therapist. We'll be discussing how we tend to overwork ourselves and better ways we can start to talk to ourselves on a daily basis. If you enjoy these episodes, please check out our future segments of The Daily Tune-Up, where Stevon will return again, and we'll be talking, as always, about challenging our daily thoughts and beliefs that are holding us back. Today, we're talking about the subject of busyness, just the general idea that we have to be busy all the time and overworking ourselves. How do we get into the state where we overwork ourselves into burnout? Yeah, that is a very common thing right now. Uh, I I see it in a a variety of ways. Uh, Kind of, I think initially it's a thing about boundaries. Uh, (laughs) Why? And and I think, you know, boundaries are for us, not for other people. And Mm -hmm. so it's what is it that's preventing you from saying, I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to protect my energy. I'm going to protect uh, my time. So that I do not get burned out, that I don't get overwhelmed, that I don't get depleted of of, of energy. Something's ha- happened so that you've not done that for yourself, and right. so that's kind of where I start that conversation with most people that are you know complaining or, or struggling with you know kind of being overworked or, or allowing themselves to be overworked. I love that you talk to people about time boundaries. I know most people have an understanding of boundaries, like the word boundaries they understand. But I like thinking about it in terms of time because time is so precious, as we know. We only have so much time each day and we only have so much mental and physical energy. So one way to look at starting to establish healthier boundaries is you you really only have so much energy each day, so much mental energy. Where do you want to direct that? You know, you want to look at what it is I want to protect each day so that I actually do it because time just gets away from us otherwise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I love that word protect because what you're telling your brain is that I need to protect myself so that I can show up in ways that I want to show up, that I can right. be a version of myself that I want to be when I'm in relationship with others, when I am, you know, at work, when I am in my vocation or when I'm you know, even attending to my own needs. And I think if you aren't prioritizing that by saying that stuff is valuable and it's important, then you will allow yourself to be robbed of of your time and of, you know, your, your energy. And it's one way of being kind to ourselves, isn't it? Like saying I am important too. It's not just about everyone else's needs and keeping everyone happy or avoiding conflict. It's like, I can't always be putting myself last on my own list that affects our self-esteem and that affects our feelings about ourselves and things we need to do as well. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm huge on, on language. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I remember when I was uh, younger that, 
I got introduced to the linguist Deborah Tannen. Yeah. And she talks about the idea of like messages and meta messages. And the way I understand it is like the message is the the thing we send out and that we say that's, you know, literal. Uh, and then the meta message is the kind of interpreted, uh, you know, understanding of what we've said. So as an example, uh, I have a beard. And so if I go and I ask uh, you, Risa, hey, do you like my beard? Uh, you can take it literally and say like, oh, yeah, it's shaped nicely and it's you know, <laughs> it's done really well and you've edged it up and it looks good. Uh, the, the meta message, though, is also like, hey, do you like the way I look? Right. Yeah. And I think that's the thing of where, you know, we we aren't aware of the underlying message that we're sending. So when you put everyone before yourself, you're also like you're saying, hey, I'm being good. I'm showing up for other people. That's literally what you're doing. The The underlying message your brain gets is that, yeah, you aren't important or as important as other people. Right. Your needs aren't worth being met, but everyone else has higher priority. If we're looking at like people who chronically people please, it's like, like, oh, I can push myself back because I'm not worthy of that. And they are, you yep. know, and yep. like you said, that's the meta message. It's so complicated, right? Because often we're only thinking about the message we're communicating. We're not mm -hmm. thinking about the message we're communicating to ourselves and how we treat ourselves. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's what I call or I've been told it's called uh is like the idea of othering and so yeah. like getting people to take themselves out of a situation and say like the way you're treating yourself would you treat someone else that same way would you say that was okay so if you had a friend who was working you know 12 hour days uh not taking vacations um showing up and not getting their needs met and making sure that they take care of everyone else first, would you champion that person to continue doing what they're doing? Right. And when you ask someone that, they would say, no, I'd be telling my friend to take a break. Like that's, you're going to kill yourself. You're going to overwork yourself. Like, <laughs> right. uh, go figure. If you would tell your friend to not do that, then why can you not tell yourself the same thing? And we we minimize that, right? Like you said, it's it's part of the narrative. So the narrative is it's more important for me to show up for other people because they need that. I can be okay without it. And, right. and the science behind it suggests otherwise. You're not going to be okay <laughs> right. without it. Or it's like, I can beat myself up all day and that will somehow motivate me. But I would never do that to a kid or a pet because like if I was yelling at my dog all day saying these horrible things, that dog isn't going to want to yeah. do the things then, right? You wouldn't treat your dog like that, but you give yourself a pass. Right. And I think it's because we fundamentally don't really get that the words we are telling our brains are causing our brains to have the same reaction as if another person is yelling at us, talking to us in that way. That That is a, a great point, because in, in my work, I, I try to get people to understand that piece is that you're saying these things and you're doing it under the guise uh, I'm wanting to make sure I remain motivated or I don't want to, you know, get too lax. I want to make sure I'm humble and all these other things. And I'm my question to them is always, does your brain know the difference? Does yeah. your brain know the difference that you're saying, hey, you suck at this. Oh, you're lazy. Oh, you aren't, you know, you got to work harder. Does your brain know that like you're saying that and you don't actually think those things? Uh, or does your brain take it literally and is like, oh, shit, we aren't working hard enough. We must work harder. We're not doing enough. Oh, <laughs> right. I do suck. I am no good. Like, I think your brain interprets it literally. And like you said, the response is we start to then feel that way. And then we wonder why we have like, you know, low self-esteem or anxiety or right. depression. 
or we're struggling with imposter syndrome. It's, well, you told yourself you ought to be because you've not said anything nice about who you are. Our brain might not be hearing, oh, they're joking. Oh, they're being dramatic. Oh, they're being sarcastic. They're just hearing stress, 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 right? Yep. Yep. And then the response then is our brain says you need to do more. And then our behavior starts to look like, oh, I need to be extra. I need to work harder. I need to show up for more people. I need to, right. I need to, I need to. even that, that word I need, uh, you know, that that's problematic. It's, it's what Albert Ellis calls uh, demand states. And so yeah. when we say I need, our brain understands that to say, well, if I don't get this, it's bad, it's terrible, it's horrible. And I think, you know, when, when you're operating in those ways, then you are sacrificing yourself to get this thing that you've said must happen. And I'm not sure it does. I don't know that you need to work 12 hours in order to be productive. I don't know that you need to sacrifice your own self-care in order to show up and support other people. If that's what's on the table, then maybe you need to look at some of those you know, requirements or responsibilities or relationships that you have uh, and say, hey, maybe this isn't good for me because it's causing me to kind of have to harm myself in order to uh, show up and be present for, for you or this other thing. Yeah, I love that you're saying that because it's kind of prompts the question at what cost? Yes, you can do all these things. Yes, you can push through things, but everything costs us. And if you think of it in terms of that, at what cost? Like, yes, I can work overtime every day this week and make a couple dollars extra, but what is it going to cost me? I gain the money, but I lose health points, social points, taking care of myself points. You know, I kind of think of it, there was an old video game called The Sims and it had like, (laughs) it was like a human simulation, right? And then Uh above each Sim's head, there were different levels that you had to keep going at all times or your Sim would like fall in a pool of its own vomit, (laughs) like in the middle of the living room. So as little kids, when you have a Sim, you're like, I want to be rich and get the Sim Mansion. I'm going to make this guy work all the time. And you can click, like, go to work, go to work, go to work, don't eat. But then your Sim ends up throwing up all over himself on the living room floor because you forgot to feed him. Like, or all you're feeding him is coffee because you want him to go to the job. So they actually have a level that's like food, social interaction, and you have to keep all those levels balanced or your Sim is just going to crash out and you'll never get the mansion. (laughs) <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Like you chase this thing to try to accomplish it. Like you're like, see, you're and so you kill your sim. I mean, I think everyone should play that game. I always use that analogy because, like, that's sort of like like, like you're keeping all these levels balanced. It's not just all about work and money, even though our society tells us that it is. So even in the Sims game, like you you want the sim to become some celebrity rock star so you can get the bigger sim house. And you have to keep working up the mm-hmm. ladder, like you start as an intern and you're working all these days. Yeah. But you still have to feed your sim and make sure they sleep and have hobbies and friends, or it goes badly very quickly it, in the game. <laughs> you just, it's not uh, fun. Right. That's the thing. Like we get so caught up in trying to get the carrot, right? And so when we think about why are people overworking themselves, it's I'm trying to get to this reward. I'm trying to get to this status. I'm trying to get to this, you know, possession that symbolizes I'm good, I'm successful, I'm okay. Yeah. And and I I don't know that like that exists. It's gonna keep the carrot's gonna keep moving. Trust me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
when, when you start to make this amount of money, you know, you're going to want more money. When you get this yeah. house, you're going to want a bigger house. You get a car, you're going to want a new car. It, it does not ever stop. It doesn't stop. stop. The video ever. game does not end in that way. <laughs> the video game never ends. <laughs> but they think, but people think it does. But in real life, it just keeps going. Like you said, even if you become that, famous. You then want to become even more famous. You're hanging around with really famous people and you're like, oh, I'm not that famous now. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a fallacy. It is a, it is a human fallacy. Like you are telling yourself something to be true. That's why I, I kind of push back when people say, oh, it's just for this season. I'm like, yeah, so your season has lasted for like the last <laughs> decade. I don't know that this is a season anymore. Like this is kind of you. Like the only way this season changes is if you stop doing things. And it doesn't sound like you're going to stop doing things. So then maybe you ought to incorporate some healthier kind of living traits or behaviors to sustain sure <laughs> right. this. Because it's unsustainable. Your season is unsustainable if the season yeah. is going to be 30 years until you retire. A hundred and that and that's exactly what I'm thinking about. It's you know, people love to say, Oh, it's just this season. It's like, yeah, it's not just this season. Like you've been doing this, you know, year in, year out. Like, when is the last time you had a break or reprieve? Well, I just gotta keep going till I get here. And it's like, no, you're not gonna stop. Like, don't lie to yourself, don't lie to me at least. Uh, I'm not gonna allow you to lie to me. You're not gonna stop. Like you're going to get there. And then what? You're going to do more stuff. You're not going to sit down and relax and just be comfortable here. Because for whatever reason, I think I find this in, in kind of, you know, high achievers is that if I stop doing things, then I'm all of a sudden going to be placed in the room of mediocrity. And, right. and it's just not true. It's like, well, if I stop doing, then I am, you know, going downhill or I'm not being like success is tied to productivity. And it's like, well, no, you can have accomplished a lot of stuff and you can be okay with like the fact that you're going to accomplish more, but not pressured to have to do so. Right. It's almost like a constant to do list of goals and wanting achievements and wanting to hit milestones. And I believe a lot of this comes from our society, especially nowadays where we have social media and everybody's comparing themselves and feeling like they're getting behind a lot. And there is a lot of pressure in our culture to just work, work, work. And why are you taking a break? Or, oh, here's some days off, but nobody in the company's using them type of thing. And I think that really seeps in. Even if you are trying to adopt a slower lifestyle, sometimes you're influenced by these things around you and your coworkers and your friends and how everybody else is acting. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, I think it's kind of the way society operates and it's caused us to want to engage in a similar way. I love the the phrasing to-do list because uh, it's like I, I, I want people to get to a to-done list. Uh, yeah. You know, to-do, you keep adding more stuff to it. People will add more things. So it's like as they are checking things off, they're also like, you know, left hand checking things off, right hand adding, adding. more things to the list. <laughs> that, that's not really helpful. Yeah, It's not helpful like, to your brain because like, you're like, never done. <laughs> like it doesn't feel done. Never done. Yeah. It's and not, if you can't not, feel done with the little things you're doing, when you hit the big milestones, you will also not feel done because I believe you have to practice the feelings you want to feel, right? So if I'm mm -hmm. racing through my week and I'm not giving myself any credit for doing anything, why would I automatically be able to feel that when I win a big award or when something amazing happens? I love that. I love that. How can you feel good about what you've done if you still are constantly telling yourself you need to do more. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you've never practiced the feeling of being done. So your brain yeah. doesn't know what that feels like. Right. Like I right. wouldn't know right. what those brain chemicals are because we never like, practiced like there, it. <laughs> there is no reference for satisfaction. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. that is sad. Yeah, that is sad to say. But it's so true. And it's so it's how so many people live these days. They keep mm-hmm having that carrot on a stick feeling, even in corporate jobs, they'll say, well, when this project's done, I'll take a break or I'll take a day off or maybe, you know, because then the project's done and they're like, okay, here's 10 more. We're starting on Monday. Get ready. And you're like, what? There is no time celebrating the reward for having accomplished anything. I think in this culture, we are horrible, horrible. Yeah. We're intentionally. I really do. I think it's toxic. Celebrating. Yeah. 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 Celebrating success or rewards. Like it's almost, I I feel bad saying this, but I feel like it's frowned upon if you speak good about like something you've done, like if yeah. you acknowledge you're good. That's why I created the acknowledgement journal, right? It's to, to really, you know, force your brain to say, Hey, you, job well done. You, know, right. you did this thing, pay attention to it. It was worthwhile. You're worthy. You're awesome. And it's like, if you say that, it's like, oh, automatically you're pompous or you're conceited. You're conceited or you're you're bragging. I mean, why? Why does it have to be like that? Just because you feel good about yourself does not mean you are a narcissist. Like these are different (laughs) things, but people function under this belief. Mm -hmm. If I look proud of myself or if I say, hey, I, I did this or I finished this project or whatever, It's a negative thing. And I think that goes back to what you're saying, like the message you're sending your brain is there's no reward for doing this. There's no praise. There's no pat on the back. If anything, I have to hide it so other Mm -hmm. people won't get mad at me. Which is mind blowing. It's like, what's the point of doing anything? Why did you work so hard? You mean you worked so hard? It's like, it's like, who would do that? I mean, if you take it out of context, you're saying like, you're going to work so hard to save enough money to get a house and you're then your response to then you're going to hide so, your house <laughs> or, or not live in it. Right. Like that's like, why would you not do tell that? anybody your address? <laughs> Pretend you live next door at a different place <sighs> or like I'm going to go win the Olympics and then not tell anybody about it to hide my gold medal in the back yeah. of my sock drawer. What, what, right, right. Why? Like I, I you won the Olympics and then like you missed like the, the, the medal ceremony. Like, why did you do that? Why would you not show up? Because <laughs> you're like, oh, I've got to get ready for the next Olympics. Like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> that's sort of what we that's, do to ourselves. Like you're standing and, there, they're playing the national anthem, and you're like, oh God, I better start training right now for next year. That's so bananas. That it is. So it's bananas. bananas. It's completely bananas. And it's like, I want people to get to a place where they can take a beat and really kind of enjoy the fruits of their hard work. It's, 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 you worked really hard to get this thing. Why can't you enjoy it? Help yeah. me understand why you can't enjoy the thing you worked so hard to get. Why is it so uncomfortable to enjoy things? Why is it so uncomfortable yes. to feel proud of ourselves? And honestly, it's a real struggle, right? I mean, you see it a lot when people get a compliment. You see that internal struggle going on where people want to argue and fight you to the death over this compliment. Like, you know, it's like this back and forth. And I say it jokingly, I used to be like this too. And I had to learn a different pattern because it wasn't helping me. And then, you know, it's so funny because we go through life and we're like, why don't I hear more praise? Why don't I get more respect? Why don't I da-da-da? 
when you do get it, are you actually hearing it? When you do get it, are you internalizing it and right. feeling what that feels like? Or are you just batting it aside? Yeah. Your, your knee-jerk reaction is to dismiss it or to minimize it. Uh, yeah. You know, like you said, you look nice today. Oh, these old things? Like, oh, I just haven't worn This is old yeah. tie. I just found it. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter if the person liked it, they liked it. Like, also, we live in a world, in a society where... We people can't wait to hate on you. Like, so if somebody yeah, there's a lot of negative praise yeah. <laughs> coming at like, you all the time. People all the can't time. wait to call call bad stuff out. So, like, if you did something and somebody praised you for it, yo, you need to like take that and run Own with the it moment. Hundred percent. <laughs> and as you get older, this gets more and more true. Let me tell you, like, people are very kind to you in your twenties, but as you get yeah. past that, you know, like. They don't throw compliments at you everywhere. Like if you oh, get one, just, goes out the door. <laughs> just just own it and cherish and like live that moment in your head, like journal about it. Be like, oh, that was such a great compliment. I love it. Like savor the moment. It's not going to happen like all Lord the time. The Rings. <laughs> it's like Lord of the Rings and like Schmeagol, my precious. <laughs> Be Schmeagol with a compliment. Like just cherish that moment a little more. They, they you hit the 30 and nobody <laughs> nobody the, pats you like on the back by by <laughs> your whole life like you're like yeah i have a master's it's like and what are you doing with that like oh ouch, yeah God. what's next <laughs> yeah no for yeah. real and i think i think you can't do that to yourself because the world's going to do enough of that to you i love so that like, it, yeah it's your responsibility to show up and to acknowledge for yourself that you've done a good job that your hard work had good outcomes Lo and behold, like that's why you did it. You wanted to be successful. You wanted to have a good outcome. You accomplished that. And you're saying like, well, I can't own or acknowledge that I did that. Like you reached your goal. That's badass. Yeah. And I like how you just make it sound like facts. And there isn't that arguing back and forth. That That's exactly how I see it. I see it as just facts. Like it's not, you know, if, if, I remember like you saying earlier that like, oh, I don't want to hurt other people by what I've accomplished. And it's like, yeah, that's the, that's the other person's stuff. I'm not going to be responsible for that. <laughs> right. if, if I scored 40 points, I had a good game. I scored 40 points. That that doesn't mean anything. It's just a fact. I right. you can look at the stat sheet. You can look at the number of shots I took, the ones that went in. You can add it nice. all up. It's 40 points for me to say I scored 40 points. That's just true. It's uh, facts. You know, the thing is bad. It's just facts. Now, the thing that I that I would guard people against is like, don't go around saying like, you know, everybody else that didn't score 40 points sucks like that. That means you're a jerk. Right. But, you know, it's not humble to like not share that you scored 40 points. Everybody knows it. It's right there. They saw the game. It's in front of their face. It's up to them to acknowledge it or not. That's their problem. What they're doing with their own reaction. Like if it's triggering their jealousy or triggering their competitiveness, not yours to deal with at all. And if people want to negatively judge themselves based on what you've accomplished, that's their issue, not yours. Yeah. So what you said earlier really stuck with me. People are all too willing to negatively condemn other people and judge them. It's so true, though. Which I don't understand. I I, I mean, maybe yeah, you can help it make sense to me. Uh, my brain doesn't work. In this no, way. I don't. I mean, I don't get it either. I love giving people credit for what Does they do. I think it's great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Same here. So like I was I was hoping you were going to have an answer to help me like no. <laughs> fix my brain and why why I can't identify with that behavior. 
I think it's this. I think what you say to yourself influences what you say to other people and what you hear. And that's always been my philosophy. So the more you're generating kind of support for yourself and saying, you know, I did this, that's great. The more likely you are to look at someone else doing something, be like, oh, that's great. Look at them doing their thing. You know, the more we're building ourselves up with the positive talk, the more likely that talk is going to spill out onto other people. But I really think it just affects us on a day-to-day level. Like even if your coworker comes in and they've just had a wonderful vacation, can you say, great, that's amazing you experienced that? Or do you go right to a negative spot of like, oh, how dare they take time off or I'm stuck here working? It, it kind of gives you a clue as to what your own internal talk is like. I, I absolutely agree. I, I love the way you, you phrase that and, and put it. it. It really is that it's it, it provides a spotlight on what's going on with me internally. If yeah. I you know what my reaction is to something that is benign, that is just is like if somebody else take a vacation, why am I mad at that? Why would I be yeah. jealous? Why would what, I say, it oh, doesn't affect you. Player? <laughs> it honestly doesn't really affect at you at all. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, oh, well, they took a vacation. It's like, we're all here working hard. Well, why? Why Why? Why are you mad at them for like attending yeah. to their own needs? Yeah. And maybe it's it, like it your own brain sense. saying you should take a vacation. That's a great idea. Let's take a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. and it's like, you know, whatever, whatever you've attached you know, to your own kind of definition of success and, you know, success being tied to productivity, that it doesn't allow you to take a vacation. Don't be mad at the person that has freed themselves from from those kind of two things being intertwined. Maybe see it as inspiring instead. Like when I see someone doing something amazing, I try to see it from an inspiration point of view. Like, that is so cool that you're doing that. How did you do that? I mean, I've often said that to you, Steve. How do you do that? What are you working on? How does a person move forward like that? Or other people I see out there doing cool things. It kind of tripwires my sense of curiosity a little more. And maybe that's how I stay out of negatively judging them so much is that I'm I'm genuinely curious how do you make that happen that sounds so neat I want to do it too you know I I am I am the, I am built the same way as you that when I like to be surrounded by people doing amazing incredible things because it inspires me to go out and do the same and so yeah. I don't see myself as incapable of doing what other people are doing not saying that I'm going to mirror or mimic exactly what someone else is doing but when, when other people are achieving things, it inspires me to go out and do more. I'm like, well, why can't I do stuff too? And it's not like a competition because I don't, I'm not really trying to beat or win anybody else, like over anyone else. I'm right. really just wanting to be a better version of me. And so if around I'm around somebody else and it inspires me to go out and be a better version of me, I'm all for it. And so I don't, I don't frown upon it or I don't get jealous. I, I am inspired. I am motivated. I yeah. am invigorated by that stuff. Right. So sometimes, you know, when you're feeling tripwired by competitiveness, maybe it's try to engage your sense of curiosity instead. I think that tips the balance sometimes and gets you out of that mindset that there is only one prize and we're all struggling to win it. It's that scarcity belief. Like if somebody won the prize, oh no, none of us can win it. But that's not how life works. We're all on different paths. Who knows what you're going to want that's different than 10 other people out there, you know? 
Absolutely. And that's why I use kind of that bread aisle analogy. Like when you're in the grocery store and you go down the bread aisle, there are so many different types. There's like gluten-free, multigrain, sourdough, wheat, white. Like there's so many different types of bread. And it's because there's something for everybody and there's not just one type. And so I think like if you're looking at the bread aisle and everything is going well, like, you know, it can coexist fine. Someone else's success doesn't mean that I'm now have to be unsuccessful. Like we can both reach success in our own ways (laughs) in the same space and be just fine. And it's good for everyone. There is not a national bread shortage happening all of a sudden (laughs) just because someone posted on social media. Right, right, right. Exactly. (laughs) They didn't clean out all the bread in the world. (laughs) There's more bread. There's raisin bread. You'll be fine. It's all good. You can make your own bread at home. I mean. That's so also another thing. <laughs> so get, get a bread maker. <laughs> yeah, like that's the things you can do. Like, do not freak out by the fact that like somebody brought bread. Like, you can buy your own. It's okay. It's <laughs> there will be more. There's a new ship yes, coming. Be more bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Find your bread. Eat your bread. Enjoy it, and let other people enjoy theirs too. Okay, so now I'm gonna play a question. Hi guys, this is Lance, and I have a question for you guys to answer. So what I'd like to know is how can I make it easier to mentally allow myself a moment to relax or unwind when I'm feeling crunched by deadlines or projects? Um, Like, how do I get myself to stop working more often and give myself that time to reset? Thanks for your advice. Yeah, I think it's the the idea that success or for us to be achieving things, we have to constantly be in motion. That yeah. productivity is the, you know, leads to success. And I guess that I don't know that I've adopted that the only way to be successful is to always be doing something. Like rest and relaxation is an important part of success. So I think about it in the term of like baking a cake. Uh, you know, you put the cake in the oven, you do all this stuff and you pull it out of the oven. And the first thing you must do is let the cake cool. And the reason you have to let it cool is so that you can apply frosting and all that stuff. Otherwise it'll melt off. It'll become a good ball. Yeah, (laughs) You got to step away from the cake. Like they say on the British Bake Off, like step away. Step away, step away. And and the idea, though, is that like if you look at somebody sitting down on the couch while the cake is just sitting there, you're like, oh, they're being absolutely unproductive. They aren't doing anything. This cake is here. It needs to be frosted. Well, actually, you got to let it cool. And and letting the cake cool might look like not doing anything, but is uber important in order for you to have a good cake. So, again, that's like the task we're doing when you step away and you let your brain cool off. You sometimes get ideas, you get inspired, you get those problems you've been trying to solve. Suddenly you get the answers because it's like the brain's computer is overheating. We let it cool down, we restart the computer, and then we can focus again. I think it's the idea too that, you know, not everybody works the same way. I tend to work in bursts where I have like a big burst of energy and I get a huge amount done and then I need to take a break. And if I just decide that all day long is going to be a giant burst, that's going to have a cost. It's going to have an emotional and mental and physical cost. I can do it, but I can't do that every day. It's not sustainable. Yeah, that's why cars have a brake. Because you can't <laughs> just press on the gas. You the can't go 100 time. miles an hour. Forever is going to run out of gas on the freeway. It's going to run out of gas or you're going to crash. Like you got to stop at some point. Like that that has to happen. It's necessary. Both exist. And so if you've not incorporated the idea of rest 
into your your definition of success, I don't know that you will ever be as successful as you could be. So it's like showing your brain and body a little more kindness if you want to accomplish a lot of things. You know, how do you pace yourself? How do you allow yourself to go at your own pace? You, you see it with like athletes, right? Like you, you, people get pulled out of the game. They have to sit on the bench and rest for a bit and then get back in there. Uh, like when you watch the Olympics and you see them run a race or they have their heat, uh, they immediately go to kind of like cooling down and, and chilling out before they, the next time they have to perform. And yeah. if you aren't doing that kind of in your day to day, there's no way for you to kind of operate at top peak performance. You're going right. to run out of energy. You're going to run out of clarity. You, The things you're talking about that you need in order to continue to be successful will not be available for you to access. Or you get injured or you get sick and your body tells you, hey, you didn't take a break. Now you're really taking one. Now you're broken. Like <laughs> now you're out for the count. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, so now like, was it worth it? Was it worth it? Or should you have just like taken that game off or, you know, played less minutes that game or, you know, like taking a nap? Like <laughs> Naps aren't bad. Right. Yeah. So Lance, if you're listening, practice allowing yourself to take breaks and seeing it as more important and an actual step in the work progress, maybe. I would say it's similarly, like, you know, incorporate into your definition of success and achievement and accomplishment, the idea of rest. And step away from the cake sometimes. Thanks so much, Devon, for joining I me agree. again. It was so much fun. Always a pleasure, Risa. Thank you. If you've enjoyed tools discussed on this show, please check out the Ultimate Toolkit books, including my book, The Ultimate Time Management Toolkit, as well as Steve Ahn's book, The Acknowledgement Journal. And be sure to come to my Time Management Masterclass happening on May 20th. You can find all this information at RisaWilliams.com. I'm Risa Williams, and we're out of time. Thanks for listening. <music>